Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Alike wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time agents! Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. I forgot my water in the other room. I'm doomed without a little H2O. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for stopping by. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT on this Tuesday, October the 11th of 2022. Nine minutes after five o'clock, currently 64 degrees in downtown South Bend, we have some rain showers across the area. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, rain, and a few rumbles throughout the day. 80% chance of rain, a high of 68. Well, coming up over the next two hours, we have plenty of local sports talk for you on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We have our Twitter question of the day today, and it centers around tight end you right here in South Bend. We're going to bring back the post-game comments of Fighting Irish tight end Michael Mayer later on this hour. Michael had 11 catches on Saturday as he helped the Irish to turn back BYU 28-20. Michael now has the most catches by any tight end in Notre Dame history. We'll have our My 5 question of the day, and today's question is, the five things you need to know about Saturday's opponent, the Stanford Cardinal. It's Tuesday, which means we talk Notre Dame football recruiting with Notre Dame football recruiting insider from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, Mike Singer. Mike had the chance to watch five-star quarterback and Notre Dame commit C.J. Carr in person up in Michigan last Friday. Carr went 6-for-25, throwing the football in a 7-0 loss. It was a tough day for his team, a lot of drop passes. Just one of those days, according to Mike, things did not go that great, but he has not soured on C.J. Carr at all. We'll have that conversation about C.J. Carr coming up as we'll start the 6 o'clock hour with some Notre Dame football conversation did the game play out Saturday the way I thought we didn't get to that segment yesterday we'll do that today and sports wagering man it has been a bad month of October and last night it did not get any better but let's keep pushing let's see if we can get close to 500 by Halloween we've got four picks for you coming up 
at the end of the program as we get rolling on this Tuesday, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch had the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Our first pitch tonight is the Fighting Irish quarterback forever off the pine. We're talking about Drew Pine. He used to be the backup quarterback. He was the third guy in line last year behind the starter Jack Cohn and whatever you want to call what Tyler Buckner was, the change-up quarterback. After that, it was Drew Pine. Jack Cohn spent a little time with the Indianapolis Colts as they got their camp going. Tyler Buckner started the first two games here in South Bend, injured his shoulder, done for the year, and Drew Pine has elevated to the starting spot. And after a gut-wrenching first few plays in his first start against Cal, Drew Pine has settled in. When Tyler Buckner went down with his season-ending shoulder injury, I immediately started the conversation about the future of this football team. Now, keep in mind at that time, they were 0-2. And when you're 0-2 at Notre Dame, considering what the players talked about in the preseason, they could not reach any of their goals. You're not in a conference. When you're an independent, once you lose two games, your main goals are out of reach. Now, you can still win 10 in a row, and maybe you get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. I would assume you would get there because winning 10 in a row means... You beat teams like BYU, Clemson, and USC on the road. That's a pretty good resume. Even though you lost to Marshall, some of those top 10 wins would sure help cover up that wart. But for the most part, your goals change. You adapt to where you are. And with the Irish out of the playoff mix, no chance to win a national championship. After the Marshall game, we started talking about next year's starting quarterback because that's your next chance to win a national championship. Buckner started two games, and now all these snaps he's missing out on obviously affects his development as a quarterback. Drew Pine, we weren't quite sure what we were going to get. He has impressed me. With no class of 2023 quarterback and C.J. Carr in the 24 class, if he reclassifies to 23, he's still not going to likely be an early enrollee. He would miss three semesters of high school if that was the case. That's when we started having the conversation about Notre Dame will need a grad transfer quarterback. Now fast forward through the Cal game, which got a whole lot better for Drew Pine after that start. A very comfortable performance in Chapel Hill against North Carolina. And 22 of 28 throwing the football against BYU on Saturday, helping the Irish to win 28-20 over the Cougars. Now, as a fan, we are fanatics. And when you're a fan, you don't have to necessarily live in reality land all the time. You can play the if, and, and but game. And here's a great opportunity to do that with the Notre Dame quarterback position. What if Drew Pine starts the first game of the year? Do you think this season is any different? If Tyler Buckner starts all five games so far, do you think think they're still three and two? That's the fun part of being a fan. You sit around the bar, the barber shop, the beauty shop, whatever the case may be, the grocery store, the front room. You have these debates. It's fun. That's what makes being a fan so much fun, those debates. And this is an interesting debate. I don't know if there's really a wrong answer right now. I don't think there's a definitive answer to those questions I posed. For the coaching staff, 
They felt like Tyler Buckner was the direction they wanted to go with this offense. So he was named pretty quickly in August as the team's starting quarterback. You're getting a quarterback that you know can run the football effectively. I said this in the offseason. Until I see it, I don't know how good of a pocket passer Tyler Buckner can be. When you have 30 throws in your career, it's a very small amount of data to come to a conclusion. So I needed to see it. And there's mixed results in those two games that he played. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions to what Buckner can be as a passer and a number one quarterback for a football team that once again, next offseason, we'll be talking about playoffs and national championship. But you need a national championship caliber quarterback. Going into the season, I felt like the Irish had two winning quarterbacks. I'm not going to label it anything more than that until they prove it to me. Tyler Buckner's a winning quarterback, but I think he has a ways to go to be a championship quarterback. Drew Pine is trying to put himself in position to be a championship quarterback. I'm not going to put him at that level after three games. Now, if he faces Baylor, Oregon, Alabama, three top 20 defenses, and he's putting up these numbers, then I might have a different answer. But did the coaching staff make the right decision at the start of the year? Should it have been Drew Pine all along based on what we have seen so far this year? Well, Marcus Freeman was asked that question because Marcus is always talking about evaluating the football team, evaluating everything in order to make this football team better. So he was asked during the evaluation process, did he ever come to the conclusion that maybe they decided on the wrong starting quarterback in week one instead of Tyler Buckner? Should it have been Drew Pine? Here's fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. No, I don't question that decision at all. Um, that was earned. That was earned through practice. And we made a decision. And, and sometimes the results, you know, can can put a mask over your eyes and cloudy the, the process to getting to that decision. And and I know we didn't win those two that game and three quarters that Tyler played, but Tyler Buckner earned the right to be the starter through preparation. Now, Drew Pine's done a, a superb job, and he's done an excellent job at leading his team, and um, he's earned the right, obviously, now to be our starting quarterback and has done a great job with this opportunity. But, no, I don't question our decision in terms of making Tyler a starter to start the year. Maybe after the season you do that. Right now you're pressing forward. I don't think you go back and really think that through. I think it is something you reevaluate in the offseason because, as Marcus has said over and over, sometimes you have to reevaluate in order to get better. And I think as a coach and a coaching staff, you reevaluate what you did during fall camp to come to that conclusion. But this isn't the time to do that. Let's also be fair to Marcus. I don't think there was anything wrong with the question asked. I thought it was a very fair question. It was open-ended. It was not asked, hey, I think you screwed up. It was, hey, you reevaluate everything when you reevaluate the quarterback position. Do you think maybe Drew Pine could have been the starter? And it wasn't asked in that exact way, but it was a very open-ended question. So I have no problem with the question. I think it's a fair question. I think Marcus answered it the only way he could. And I'm not saying he's lying. I think that was his truthful answer. But even if he felt differently, even if he today walked into the offensive coaching room and said, guys, we screwed up, he's not going to tell us that. There's no need for that. I don't blame him whatsoever if that was actually how he felt, which I don't think that is how he felt. I think that was his truthful, definitive answer that he gave yesterday on the quarterback situation. 
Small sample size, but worth noting. Drew Pine's current passer rating of 167.32 is on pace to be the greatest rating in a single season in Notre Dame football history. Yes, better than the number Brady Quinn put up when he almost won the Heisman Trophy here in South Bend two decades ago. Drew Pine's completion percentage of 72.5%. That would also be a single-season Notre Dame record. Three games. California, Carolina, BYU. Perspective, but worth noting. Drew Pine is taking advantage of this opportunity, and he is running with it. He is not only trying to help this football team win games this year, and I know that is his main goal right now. He's got to stay locked in on the next opportunity, but he is putting himself deeply into the conversation of being the number one option next year when this team wants to take another run at a championship. Now, I think you have to defend Tyler Buckner. He was in charge of an extremely conservative game plan against Ohio State. He took care of the football in that game. There were no turnovers. He was not asked to do a lot in the passing game. He did start 8-for-8, then things tightened up. And once Ohio State got the lead, the Irish just couldn't come back with some counter punches on offense. So that offensive game plan, which I understand didn't give Buckner, I think, a fair chance to show his worth. Then against Marshall, I think Buckner was put in a tough spot early on in the football game. I'm not exactly sure, and I know I speak for a couple of members of the media I've talked to, the play calling earlier in that Cal game did not put this offense in a great position to succeed. As the game went on, it got to where it needed to be. So those two facts affects Tyler Buckner's effectiveness. And that's all we have to go on. Plus, I think it is extremely fair to say that over the last three games, the Notre Dame offensive line has gelled, working together, five men working as a unit. Tyler Buckner did not have that when he was starting. Drew Pine is benefiting from the gelling of this group. So I think we do have to defend Buckner, plus the running game has gotten rolling. Even though Tyler's a rushing quarterback, the running game has well over 500 yards the last two weeks. Buckner has a better running game against Ohio State and Marshall. Who knows? Things could have been a whole lot different. Was Buckner the right choice? It seems like that the coaching staff wanted that more versatile quarterback. Remember Tommy Reese talking after the decision was made. We wanted to take the offense in this direction. There's a Drew Pine direction. There's a Tyler Buckner direction. The directions are not the same. There are different traits with these two quarterbacks. So you can only assume based on that fact they wanted the dual threat quarterback. The hope was they could develop Buckner into an outstanding passer like he is an outstanding runner. So I think the coaching staff wanted that more versatile quarterback. Buckner had more esteem coming out of high school. Now, Pine was hotter than hot early in his high school career. It died off a bit. Alabama and Oklahoma, I'm told, were on him in eighth grade. Backed off eventually, from what I understand. Again, I'm just talking to people that follow recruiting closely. So Buckner had a lot of the newspaper clippings that were the most prevalent coming to Notre Dame. Tommy Reese picked both of these guys. Again, talking to recruiting guys, the Irish didn't offer Caleb Williams. Drake May, others, Tommy Reese, locked in on Tyler Buckner in that class. 
And sometimes when you lock in on the guy, this is your guy. If it's close, I probably would pick Tyler Buckner as well. So he was handpicked to be the future. And we talked this last offseason how important it was for Buckner to do the job. So maybe the bridge for Notre Dame quarterbacks would go from Buckner to Carr. You don't have a quarterback in the 23 class. That bridge is broken right now, but I guess the hole's being filled by Drew Pine, which is a positive, positive development. Defending Drew Pine, the passing game looks so much more efficient with Drew at the helm. Getting the protections where they need to be. Getting the team into the right situation. He's doing a lot of things well for this football team. Not bad for the number two quarterback at the start of the year. Long term, is Drew Pine putting himself in position to be the long-term answer at quarterback. You as fans have an answer. I have an answer. The coaching staff, they're developing their answer. I'm still not ready to jump on board yet. That's not to say he's not doing the job. I'm just looking forward to seeing how this season plays out. There's no urgency to put a label on a guy right now. He's going to face an NFL front in Clemson in a couple of weeks. Next three weeks should be comfortable for Drew Pine. Then you get Clemson and down the line, maybe you have a shootout against USC. A lot of great challenges ahead for Drew Pine and this football team. And a lot of chances for Drew Pine to impress not only the coaching staff, which is most important, and his teammates, but we the fans as well. Can he be that difference-making guy this football team needs at the quarterback position? C.J. Carr's the five-star. He's in the 24 class. The Irish need a five-star performance the rest of this year and in 2023. Can't wait to see if Drew Pine is that answer. 5.28 is our time. Darren Pritchett with you, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On WSBT Radio, we've got our Twitter question of the day coming up in a couple of moments on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Twenty-seven minutes in front of six o'clock at Sports Radio nine sixty, WSBT on this Tuesday evening. Darren Pritchett with you. Hope you're having a terrific Tuesday. We're live on nine sixty AM WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and also live with a video stream on the Twitch app. Quick update: Major League Baseball postseason shifts to the division series today with four. Game 1s in best-of-five series. Earlier today, the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Atlanta Braves 7-6 down in Atlanta. Phillies were up 7-1. Braves scored 3 in the ninth, got to within 7-6. Phillies held on, and the Phils have a 1-0 lead over the defending world champions. The game in progress right now, a major upset developing. Those young, pesky Seattle Mariners are right now putting it to Justin Verlander and the Houston Astros. It is 6-3 Mariners in the bottom of the fifth down in Houston. Verlander knocked out four innings, ten hits, six earned runs. That is not something we have seen from Verlander, it seems like, in a long time. So the Mariners, who finished well behind the Astros in the AL West, looking to go up 1-0, and they've got a 6-3 lead on Houston in the bottom of the fifth. Coming up at 7.37 South Bend time, the little money spent, Cleveland Guardians against the team who makes their own money, the New York Yankees. That game will be in the Bronx. And then the Battle of California late tonight at 9.37, a good old-fashioned NL West matchup, the San Diego Padres 
taking on the L.A. Dodgers. Three of the four series are divisional matchups with that Cleveland Yankees series being the exception. Those are two division winners going toe-to-toe. Meanwhile, Seattle, Philadelphia, and San Diego were all road teams in the wild card round, and they won to reach the divisional round. So it's just starting to get interesting right now in the baseball postseason. Right now, the Mariners are shocking the Astros by a score of 6-3. to three. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's time for the Twitter question of the day on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On Monday, we asked you this question on my Twitter account at 960 Sports Beat. As the Notre Dame football team continues to progress, what area of the team of these three choices needs to take the biggest step? Your three choices were red zone offense, which comes down to play calling, having the right personnel on the field, like Audric Estime in the backfield inside the five, maybe going under center on fourth down and one. It could be anything in regard to red zone offense that came up a little short against BYU. Second choice, simply tackling better. And the third choice, fewer defensive lapses like we saw in the second half against BYU as the Cougars put up a couple of touchdowns that you could argue could have shouldn't have happened. Here are the results of yesterday's question. Not too many people are concerned about tackling. They feel like it'll take care of itself. Tackling got 13.3% of the vote. Second place in the voting as there needs to be better setup in the red zone offense. 28.9% of the vote wanted to see some different play calling, personnel, or formations. And easily winning this vote, eliminate those defensive lapses, 57.8% of the vote. Can't go wrong with defensive laps or the red zone offensive answer, which is valid as well. We appreciate you voting. Thank you very much. Today's question got posted within the last hour. And this is a tough one. This is truly one where you can't go wrong with any of the options. Today's question at 960 Sportsbeat on Twitter. If these three players are all the same age and are at Notre Dame at the same time, Which of these Notre Dame tight ends would you want as your starter? Tyler Eifert, Kyle Rudolph, Michael Mayer. Again, if they're the same age, if they're at Notre Dame at the same time, which of the three Notre Dame tight end greats would you want as your starter? Well, recency bias went out here with Michael Mayer. Maybe Kyle Rudolph, maybe Tyler Eifert. We'll see how you vote. We'll pass along the results on tomorrow's Budweiser's weekday sports beat. But which of those three tight ends is your starter? Eifert, Rudolph, or Mayer? Boy, good luck there. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on this Tuesday is being brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. By South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. 
Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings. Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Hunger is a Story We Can End. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Thanks for sticking around. 545 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Fighting Irish tight end, Michael Mayer. Somehow, someway, was not a finalist for the Mackey Award last year, given to the best tight end in the country. I think there is no question he will be a finalist this year, and the winner probably will come from Georgia or Notre Dame this year. Well, Mayer had a stellar football game against BYU. Drew Pine threw the ball 28 times. 15 times he targeted his All-American tight end, Michael Mayer, who made 11 catches for 118 yards. He had touchdown catches of 24 and 19 yards, and he had 27 yards after the catch in the ball game. He is now the all-time leader in catches for a tight end in Notre Dame football History. Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman on his All-American tight end. He's a great practice player. He's got God-given ability. That's where it starts. You know, he's been blessed with unbelievable talent, but he's a great practice player that wants Coach Parker and Coach Reese to make him improve. And and Coach Parker told me last night, Michael Mayer texted him early in the morning, I'm sure, when he woke up saying, hey, what points do you have from the game that I need to improve at? Not saying, hey, coach, I, I broke the record. Did you see this catch? Where, where can I get better at? And the great ones do that. The great ones want to be told how to get better. And, and Michael Mayer is a great example of that. Well, Michael Mayer is someone I'm sure a lot of people on this football team looks up to with the work ethic, the time he puts into it, and the execution on the football field in the passing game is out of this world. I think still blocking is an area of emphasis for Michael to continue to get better, but he is single-handedly putting this passing game on his back as Drew Pine continues to look for 87, which is one heck of a choice. And did you feel the same way? How could BYU leave? Michael so wide open. Now, he is gifted at getting separation. I don't want to forget about Michael's abilities, but I'm just shocked there aren't a couple of people around Michael Mayer on most plays. But Michael had some really good amount of real estate to work with in that game against BYU, and the Irish are very happy about that. Well, Michael Mayer met the media out in Vegas after the game, and He broke the all-time Notre Dame record for career catches by a tight end in the ball game against BYU. And for those in attendance at the game, there was a tribute on the video board for that accomplishment by Notre Dame's All-American, Michael Mayer. I wasn't aware. Um, He went back, sat on the bench, and saw me up on the screen, and then I heard they kind of announced it. So um, very, very grateful. Um, I've been around a ton of good football coaches, a ton of good football players um, that have got me to this point, starting in fifth grade, really. I mean, um, and I'm just very, very grateful. Um, tremendous people here at the University of Notre Dame uh, have got me to this point, and I'm grateful. Why do you, why are you and Drew Pine seemingly on the same page so long all the time? A lot of practice. I mean, we're... We're throwing each other. He's throwing me balls all day in practice, but then we're staying after in practice and getting balls. Um, you know, Sunday or Mondays and our off days or our lift days, we're going out there and getting some balls. Um, 
it's a lot of practice, a lot of repetition. Um, it works. It really does. And, and it worked today. I think this, this, the second touchdown, if you sort of take us through that play, how, you, how you're reading that out, and just sort of the way you were able to get yourself open. Uh, yeah. What was the second touchdown? Guys, I just wanted a diving one. Maybe get the dope for it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have. So I have an over route. Um, I knew it was man coverage. Um, the safety was high. And I kind of just stacked him and uh, broke it off and drew, drew through a beautiful ball because the guy was kind of on my hip. So if I kind of threw like a one iron at me, the guy probably could have batted it down, but he kind of did like a little seven iron, eight iron right over, uh, right into my hands. And it was perfect. Drew knew I had the guy man to man. Um, I bet you he was probably thinking of going to me the entire play either way. So um, great ball by him. And, and then uh, I just had to finish the play. As I feel the Marshall game this season, the expectations, goals like that recalibrated a little bit, like to sack the last three games together, what does that do for just like the confidence of the team that you this season can still go a place that you want it to go? It is going, at this point, it's going where we want it to go. Um, we're really just going to keep stacking or trying to stack Ws, uh, keep practicing the way we've been practicing, hard sack, um, and, and kind of have that mentality that, that you know, nobody's going to stop us the rest of the season and try to win out. Um, and that's what we're doing. So we're just going to keep practicing as hard as we can. Freeman, you know, Coach Free is not going to change anything up. We're going to do the same exact stuff we've been doing all season. Um, and we're just going to, you know, try to keep winning ball games. Straight out of your left, like Patrick Daniel. This is the last one. I'm sure you, like, are cognizant of that you're probably at the top of every opponent scouting tour, but, like, how do you process that? If it's something that you think about at all, or I guess what goes into, like, still producing when you know you're in, in that spot every week? I'm sure that's more of like a Coach Reese question, um, but I mean, I feel like no matter what the defense is doing, at a certain part of the game, um, Coach Reese will set me up to make a big play, and I have to be there to make the big play, and Drew has to be there to make the big throw, um, and that just, you know, really happened 11 times tonight, um, and, you know, I really believe in Coach Reese, I believe in, in, in Drew, and um you know, these defenses, I, I don't really think about that. I just try to come out here, play my best ball, try to get W. I'm not worried about being on other teams for scouting reports or anything. <laughs> Michael's just playing ball, man. He's out there playing ball. If he sees a coverage, he finds a hole. He's so good at understanding what the defense is doing. Zone, man-to-man, -man. he'll break off his route, and there's great chemistry between Pine and Mayer and if Mayer breaks off that route Pine has to see that same thing develop or hey bad throws can happen ball hits the turf can be picked off but there's just a great chemistry right now between Pine and Michael Mayer and the offense continues to get better and better as the season goes on now they take on a Stanford football team that's giving up a lot of points right now against their four FBS opponents they have faced this year, and they lost all four. They have given up 154 points. No, by the way, the Irish have scored 45 points in their last two games against Stanford. Pretty good trends for the Irish. 7.30 kickoff Saturday night. Notre Dame taking on the Stanford Cardinal. All the action right here on WSBT Radio. Our pregame coverage starts at 1 o'clock. It is now six minutes in front of 6 o'clock on this rainy Tuesday evening. You're listening to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett, joined by Mike Singer the Notre Dame football recruiting insider at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Our conversation also taking place on Blue and Gold's YouTube channel, so make sure you give it a thumbs up, subscribe, so you can check out all the great content available each week on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Well, our lives are pretty boring compared to Patrick Engel, your colleague out in Vegas watching the Irish and BYU reporting on that game. But from the comforts of my living room, it was okay to watch, 28-20 the final score. So, Mike, this team has dug themselves out of an 0-2 hole. 
which is all you can ask for. They're 3-2 and two going into this week against Stanford. You know, things are never picture perfect, but at the very least, as they're getting better and progressing, they're winning football games. I think the defense has played well, Darren. I know they had some times that were, wasn't great against BYU, but if you look at the entirety of the game, holding the Cougars to 20 points when they have one of the best quarterbacks in college football, I think all season defense has been good. Look at Ohio State. I mean, Notre Dame's the only team to keep them under 45, I think it is. And, and Ohio State only scored 21 against the Irish. 19 points they allowed against Marshall. Of course, there was the pick six in there. I, I mean, so I just think that it's been a, a strong showing defensively this season. And the offense has really been rolling the past two and a half games. Um, so, I, you know, I think we're going to see Notre Dame go on a, a run here until the Clemson game. And Irish should be 6-2, and two, probably ranked in, what, the top? 16 or 17 teams in the country or so yeah. uh, Notre Dame's on the cusp of the, you know, being in the top 25 right now. What, what are they three and two? Um, so yeah, teams rolling. Um, just got to take care of business these uh, next few weekends. I was reading a piece by your colleague, Patrick Engel at blueandgold.com referencing a guy that you followed in the recruiting process, Prince Collie, 18 snaps. And in those 18 snaps, he is doing a lot of, explosive things, including a very nice play last week against BYU coming up as he was basically spying on the quarterback and a, a big tackle for loss. And this was a young man I think you felt like and many felt like was going to have a really good career at Notre Dame. And it seems like the coaching staff are now getting more and more comfortable that he can go out there and do some positive things for this defense. Darren, the, the going into his Notre Dame career, the feeling was he's going to be a darn good player at Notre Dame. It's just going to take a little bit of time. He's not going to be a freshman impact guy because he's so new to the linebacker position. I mean, he played a year of it um, as a senior at uh, Jonesboro, um, you know, David Cro Jonesboro, Tennessee, David Crockett High School um, in uh, Northeast Tennessee, which does not play high-level ball. So there's definitely a, an adjustment period, and you're starting to see him – get more involved in the Notre Dame defense. I mean, you just see him. He passes the eye test. He's a freak show of an athlete. It's just going to take a little time. And, and you know, I don't think he's going to start playing, you know, 80, right. 90% of the defensive snaps now. But, you know, I think he's just going – that percentage of snaps is going to keep increasing as the season goes along. And Notre Dame fans are going to really like what they see from him. All right, the day before the Notre Dame-BYU game, of course, there was some high school football action across the country involving – some Notre Dame commitments, including a guy that probably is as popular as any of the recruits, and that is C.J. Carr, the five-star quarterback from Michigan, who is a verbal commitment to the Fighting Irish in the class of 2024. Mike, I understand it was just kind of one of those Friday nights for C.J. Carr where everything seemed a little difficult. Darren, sometimes in my line of work, there's just a day where I can't get anyone to pick up the phone for me. No one texts me back, <laughs> just in a funk, can't write anything. It's just like one of those days, just like just getting beat on stuff, just trash this day, go on to the next. That, that was kind of the day that uh, Notre Dame quarterback commit C.J. Carr had um, against uh, Bedford, um, a team in Michigan. And uh, got shut out, lost seven to zero. It was just, you know, a real – negative perfect storm you know for this Celine team um Bedford ran a triple option ball control offense um so they just ate the clock um until there was no clock left um Carr could not get things going in the passing game whether he was missing some guys um his receivers were dropping passes questionable play calling the running game couldn't get going mm. Uh, just really, it, it was a bad, it was just a bad day for, for the Celine offense. Um, Carr still made some really nice throws, but then there'd be instances where he just bombs one and, you know, his receiver is called out of bounds. It's maybe just has a, um, a fraction of his toes on the white line. So it was just all in all, nothing was clicking and that high powered offense got shut out. So I wrote an article on, uh, Saturday morning, kind of taking it away. And I'm like, listen, I was there. I took video. I have to write something about this. I wouldn't be doing my job. Right. But I wanted to warn folks that, like, I'm going to give you this information because I have to. But you need the context of that this is one 
game and this is as bad as it gets, it's going to be fine. Don't freak out, folks. Remember Drew Pine in that spring game? Wow, Drew Pine's washed. He can't play. This guy should never see What's he completing? 77% of his passes? Like, people, calm down. Don't be so overreactionary. Um, of course, you know, folks on a loose emoji board still were a little bit, but I, I get it. That's, that's just the nature of fanatics um, to, to react that way. But listen, he's fine. He's a darn good quarterback. You see him in warm-ups, you know, just dropping dimes all over the place. Even in the game, still had some nice throws. Six for 25 for 88 yards is not going to wow anybody. No touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, but listen, I, I think all in all, Darren, this was a good experience for CJ Carr because he now, to my knowledge, never has lost on that field. They've won something like 50 straight conference games. Wow. What do you do now? You're the junior Notre Dame top 25 recruit in the country. How do you react now and lead your team? And they have a huge game coming up this Friday against, I believe, an undefeated team in the state of Michigan. So how do you pick yourself up? It's a great learning experience for CJ. Darren, there's not a single thing he could have done on that football field that would have maybe changed my opinion of him. Really, it's, it's just an opportunity to go see him and talk to him, um, you know, get good video of him. It's just like one, one game is not – you know, he could have thrown for 500 yards and eight touchdowns. It's like, okay, he's just – you know, bad competition or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's just not changing your opinion because you already know the player he is. Um, or if he stunk it up um, like he and his team did on Friday. Okay. Okay. Is, is he going to do that for eight straight games? Like, is this going to be something that carries him to a senior season? Not worried about it one bit. But since I did go there and it happened, it's something we have to talk about. But the previous couple of weeks, Mike, he was pretty locked in, right? So this is almost an anomaly. I can read you his his, his stats, Darren, because, um, yeah, he had been absolutely tearing it up. Um, and on this – okay, so the week before, he's 13 for 14, 250 yards, five touchdowns. The week before that, 18 of 23, 289 yards, four touchdowns. So, um, yeah, no – nothing to be concerned about. But it, it – it was just a stinker of a night, and again, Darren, I, I think that this is all in all going to be a good experience for him. You'd rather have this in your junior season of high school rather than, you know, at Notre Dame, right? Yeah. This kind of a out-of-the-blue question, so this is one of my spitballs here, so I apologize in advance. Just following Notre Dame quarterback recruiting the last few years, is there always a common denominator that links all these guys together? Because I think about Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner being picked by Tommy Reese, and they have such different qualities. And now we're waiting for a 23 quarterback, and the 24 quarterback is C.J. Carr. Is there a common trait amongst all these guys, or – is there's just a lot of dissimilarities between these guys? I'm, I'm just curious your thoughts. Yeah, that's a good question. And when you brought up Pine, I remember, you know, tracking his senior season, and boy, did he have some stinkers. Really? Like, bad games. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Now, Buckner, his junior year, you know, I think that if I was playing on, like me right now, Mike Singer, um, at 29 years old and, totally out of shape would probably be some of the one of the better defenders he plays i mean he was bad competition and he, but what do you do against bad competition you absolutely light it up and buckner counted for 81 touchdowns his, his junior year um which is obviously phenomenal but in terms of your common denominator i mean the pine and, and buckner couldn't be more differing styles car is somewhere in between those two the common denominator for me is that they're all fantastic young men. And I hope that people aren't like, oh, or of course you're going to go that route, Mike, rolling their eyes at me. But, like, they're all fantastic kids with fantastic families. I've gotten blessed to know all three of those families, and they're all just great people, uh, big-time competitors, and all love Notre Dame. Now, the aspect of 
how they're all differing on the field. In today's age, Darren, I just think that we're having such a shift away from we have a pro-style quarterback and a dual-threat quarterback. You just have to be a quarterback. You have to be able to move around. You know, your, your Jack Cones of the world are few and far between now. Um, and your, you know, Lamar Jackson is you – know, these are just rare guys nowadays. You have to be able to move because those defensive ends are so freakish um, as football players. Uh, and if your offensive tackles can't hang, you, you've got to be able to escape the pocket and move. So – um, that's, uh, that, that's kind of my thought on that there. Okay. Very good. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, blue and gold illustrated blue and I'm Darren Pritchett. Let's talk about Jaden Lamar for just a couple of moments, a Notre Dame running back commit. What's the latest with him? So he was in Las Vegas to see Notre Dame play BYU. There was, I believe nine commits in total Get a couple from the 2024 class. Um, a few Notre Dame commits on the West Coast, including Lamar from Lake Stevens, Washington. You had Rico Flores and Cooper Flanagan, who are uh, both from Northern California. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty neat um, to see all these Notre Dame commits. Darren, in our show last week, you asked me about how this works with recruits going there. Notre Dame was able to provide tickets. I'm told a li- very limited amount, but they're not allowed to talk to the recruits. So I did think that was something to mention. Uh, did write an article at blueandgold.com titled Notre Dame running back commit. Jaden Lamar discusses Vegas visit and status of his Notre Dame commitment um, because it is worth noting that he's visited some schools this fall. I believe it was Washington was a couple times. One was with his um, Ford Sports Performance Group, which is a big training group in, in the state of Washington. And it's the local school, and I believe he has family in Arizona, so we went and saw um, uh, you know, Arizona, and you believe he's probably going to Oregon soon. But, you know, he's got a younger brother who's being offered by some of these schools. So it's my understanding that, you know, just kind of taking family trips, what are they going to leave Jaden behind just to not make, you know, Irish fans unhappy? You know, I, I, I don't know. But I, I talk, I mean, I literally talked to him, was it Sunday night um, for this article? And, um, seems pretty pretty locked in with Notre Dame. He basically told me that as, as long as Notre Dame's good with me, I'm good with them. Um, and he communicates about all of his visits with them. So it's just another one of these recruitments, though, that it's like, all right, we just got to still play this wait-and-see game. And I know Notre Dame fans are just like, man, can these kids just commit and be done with it? This is just kind of modern-day recruiting now, um, you know, especially when you have a, a younger brother who's close to your age and is also being recruited you're you know, going to take these family trips and, and, and go visit these schools. So still something to monitor, Darren. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's 100% completely locked in. I don't know if you could say anyone is these days, but um, <laughs> it, it's certainly something to monitor. And if all works out for Notre Dame, they'll probably add another running back in this particular class? Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about him pretty soon when we get into our next segment. So don't spoil it, Darren. Well, we can talk about him now. Go right ahead. I mean, (laughs) I'll get out of your way. I'll just roll out the red carpet. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, key visitors for this weekend. Um, And there's three big ones, and I'll have more. We're we're recording this on Tuesday, so I'll have more in an article on Thursday where I um, write my full visit preview. But there's three notables. you got Ryan Wingo. Um, I mean, for folks watching on YouTube, you see the rankings. Uh, number 12 overall wow. player, number four receiver per the 2024 on three consensus. The St. Louis area has, has been nice to Notre Dame recently, and the Irish are really hoping to continue that pipeline. Um, this is a guy I saw in the fall um, yeah, at 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, he's the complete package, and he's still a little bit raw in his game, so he's someone who, uh, I mean, the sky is the ceiling for him, so um, he's had this Notre Dame visit locked in for a while, and he's going to be on campus Saturday. Jeremiah Love is coming back, Darren. This is a big deal. Another St. Louis player. He's from Christian Brothers College, um, 5'11", 190 pounds. I've been told he's closer to like 6'1", 200 pounds, so I might need to check mm-hmm. on getting that height and weight updated. Top 100 player, number 63 player nationally, number five tailback. Um it's been an A&M Notre Dame battle for quite some time. 
and things are starting to trend a lot more favorably to Notre Dame. Um, so keep a close eye on Jeremiah. Love Darren. Love where Notre Dame sits for him. I've had a, um, a prediction log for the Arsenal and him yep. since late August, I believe. There's been some periods where I didn't feel so great about that, uh, and then some periods where I did feel good. Currently, we're in a feeling good about it, but you know who knows? We will see. But again, I am liking the Irish to land Jeremiah Love, and then Brandon Hillman, one of Notre Dame's recent offers, Portsmouth, Virginia, Churchland High School, six one, one hundred ninety pounds, primarily a high school quarterback, but has seen his recruitment um, blow up here recently. North Carolina, um, Notre Dame, Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, a handful of other schools just offered him in the past couple of weeks. Um, so the ranked as a three-star right now. On three's initial ranking for him was um, a high three-star, just on the cusp of four-star status, number 16, uh, quote-unquote, athlete um, nationally because there's just no real position for him just yet. Um, is he a running back or receiver? Is he a defensive back? Um, he can really play anywhere. And he's going to be on campus for an official visit. So important to note, Notre Dame will have him for – you know, that all expenses paid, 48 hours, official visits. Uh, and I know Notre Dame would, would love to lock him up and have him in the class. Um, so some other recruits, again, like I said, we'll, we'll have more to report at BloomGold.com. So make sure you, you head to the site and check it out. Uh, but I, I think this weekend ended up being a lot bigger of a weekend than I originally thought it would be, Darren. You know, so, I mean, Notre Dame's really wanted to build up this Clemson weekend um, in November, but the Stanford one ended up being a pretty big one. So between Wingo, Love, and Hillman, the three you just talked about, which does Notre Dame need the most? That doesn't mean this guy is necessarily the best player, but when you factor in position, everything Darren, else, Darren, which of the three Darren, is most important? Jeremiah Love, I, I personally think he's a five-star. Like, he is a freak. I, I think in our interview today I said that word like six times already. It's not like Jason Garrett with naked bootlegs. Um, oh yeah, make Darren laugh. That's always a plus. Uh, but seriously, like, just think of like that twitchy SEC big running back who's also really fast. That's Jeremiah Love. Um, I am so impressed with him at the running back position. He can do anything he puts his mind to. You can play running back. You can put him at receiver. I know some schools are recruiting him as a defensive back. Just put the football in his hands, get him around the football, uh, and good things will happen for you. I'm telling you, if Notre Dame gets him, this will be a huge deal. He, he is pound for pound one of the best players in the class, in my opinion. Okay, there you go. Definitive answer. And don't forget that Jason Garrett said that Drew Pine is a Rudy figure. So keep that locked away. Darren, let me just say really quick, I don't get the whole complaint about Tracy. It's He's fine. He's Oof. not great. He's not bad. He's just okay. I don't need, you know, like I'm not a big Joe Buck, Troy Aikman fan. I just think they're just a little too extra for me. You know, I don't need my announcers to become a big part of my broadcast. They're just okay. It's just, it's just fine. That's why I stay out of the way with you. I just let you do all the talking. You don't need a broadcaster. I need you, Darren. <laughs> need you bad. I'm just talking about for these color, the color guys and the, you know, the play-by-play. It's just they're fine. They're, I like to learn. I like Jack Collinsworth. I like to I like learn. That's why, that's why Tariko and Dungey a couple of years ago was amazing. Darren, Jason Garrett, I mean, he's got the credentials. The, NFL head coach. Oh, I'm not saying he doesn't have the credentials, but the delivery is – Kind of all over the place. But you know what? Hey, that's the first time we've disagreed in a year and a half. We've been doing these shows a lot longer than a year and a half. Has it been longer than that? I think so. Dang. Oh, yeah. Has it been that long? Man, time flies. Holy cow. All right. So tell me what's happening at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Darren, guess what happened? I heard. The dollar deal went away. It went away. $10 $10 until the start of next football season. If you miss the dollar for a year deal, that's fine. You can um, pay 10 bucks and you get access until August 31st of next year. So it's still a fantastic deal when you're getting, um, you know, blueandgold.com access for pennies 
um, a day. So um, please do head to blueandgold.com. Check out the site, um, all the recruiting coverage, message board access, articles on the team, um, Notre Dame and the NFL, bowl projections, literally everything that's going on with Notre Dame athletics we have covered. I think I wrote an article today on uh, Drew Pine being added to the Davey O'Brien Award watch list. Like we are in the weeds of covering Notre Dame football as well as the big topics. So if you're a Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan, you need to go to blueandgold.com. He is Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Always enjoy the conversation. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds great, Darren. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's Mike Singer. I'm Darren Pritchett. More sports feed in just a moment on 960 AM WSBT. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Well, there's no doubt about it. I'm not going to be going to Sizzler anytime soon because I'm ready to start October over. It has been a rough month, and it keeps getting Worse, I went 0 for 4 last night, just the third time since we started doing this, May 28th. I've had an 0 for, and the game played out the total opposite that I expected. The Raiders and the Chiefs, I thought the Chiefs would take control of the game. The Raiders would have to throw. Just the opposite, the Raiders controlled the game early with their running game. They used an extra offensive lineman and took off a wide receiver. The wide receiver, Hunter Renfro, that I had over 44 and a half receiving yards. So he had very limited touches in the ball game. So Chiefs minus seven. Jacobs under 61 and a half rushing yards. Renfro under 51 and a half total points. All wrong last night. So the month of October is now 6 and 17 for the year 165, 146 and 5. So we keep trying. We'll mix in some hockey tonight. Maybe that will make a difference. We'll start at Madison Square Garden, home of the New York Rangers, who almost beat Tampa Bay to get to the Stanley Cup final last spring. Or I guess nowadays with the Stanley Cup going deep into June, I guess summertime. But I'm going to take the New York Rangers on home ice to turn back the Tampa Bay Lightning. Rangers on the money line at minus 120. A lot of expectations once again for the Rangers in Gotham. Out west tonight, the second opening night game features the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. I think the Golden Knights are going to go through the roughest season that they have had so far since becoming an expansion team a couple of years ago. I like the Kings on home ice on the money line, also at minus 120. We'll take a couple of baseball suggestions here and let's see what we can come up with. Dodgers and Padres opening up their series in Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium tonight. And I'm going to go under seven and a half runs. Urias against Clevenger. I think this is going to be a 3-2 type game. So I'm going to go under seven and a half runs at minus 115. And my fourth and final suggestion is a player prop. Now, I've known, at least from a fan standpoint, Harrison Bader for a long time as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, traded by the Redbirds to the Yankees at the trade deadline. Bader, a terrific defensive center fielder, maybe the best in baseball. Offensively, he is really good against lefties. He struggles against righties. Well, it is Cal Quantrill, a right-hander pitching for Cleveland tonight. And with Harrison Bader in the lineup, I'm going to go under 0.5 hits for Bader. So I'm going to say he goes hitless tonight. And I get that suggestion at minus 105. So again tonight, New York Rangers on the money line against Tampa Bay. L.A. Kings on the money line against Vegas. Dodgers Padres under 7.5 total runs. And Yankees outfielder Harrison Bader under 0.5 hits at minus 105. The underdog pick for tonight, the Guardians 
in the first five innings will go over one and a half runs, and we get that wager at plus 130. Up to do it against Garrett Cole, who can be really hit and miss, literally. Budweiser's weekday sports beat brought to you by Budweiser. The King of Beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape. Must be 21 years old, please play responsibly. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. By Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574 574- 232-9981 and by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. That's going to do it for Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat for this Tuesday night. Thank you so much for joining me on 960 AM WSBT, the live streams at wsbtradio.com, the WSBT radio app, and the Twitch app. We'll try it again tomorrow from 5 until 7 as we continue to preview Notre Dame and Stanford on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.